Triple M Rocks Sunday Arvo footy. For Harvey Norman Home Appliances. Not getting enough Triple M footy? Or did you miss something and need to go back and have another listen? Get the Triple M NRL podcast. It's available right now on the Triple M NRL app. Sunday, a day to worship. Worship a small egg-shaped ball. Oh, no, he drops the ball. Just as long as I'm here in your arms, I could be in no better place. I've got to respect the ball. You're simply the best. Long live the weekend. Long live rugby league. Woo! Oh, you got to love your rugby league. Two, three, four. Hey, ho, let's go. Nice to be with you on a Sunday afternoon. Welcome to the Triple M. Sunday Sydney. Yeah, welcome back to it. Paul Kent, Gordon Tallis and uh, James Triceps Hooper. So the game this afternoon has been postponed. A COVID precaution at the uh, Dogs-Roosters game will now be played tomorrow night at 7. Moving forward to 4 o'clock now is Sharks-Dragons. Dan will call that one for you. And we want to talk about the Dragons right now. One triple three five three is our number, by the way. Now, it's all about been all about the Dragons through the week again. And, and unfortunately, it's all been negative. And where we're going to start here... Now, Hoops, I know we don't think this is going to happen, but the situation can't be good when there is a petition... Um, talking about the unmerging of these two clubs that have been together since, well, on the playing field since 1999. Like I say, we don't think it will happen, but it's not good talk that, that they're even thinking this way. Well, it's also been reported today that the previous CEO, who is no longer at the club, Brian Johnston, uh, that was something that he was pushing heavily under his imprimatur. So... It certainly was a conversation that had been going on around the club last season. Um, and, and he, in fact, you know, according to the reports today, which Danny Wilder has written in his column, um, you know, there was a push that they might even merge with the Cronulla Sharks. Oh, my yeah, goodness. That, that, that could certainly, that would, look, you know, I remember they used to say if we merged with the Sharks, we'd have to build a moat around the St. George Leagues Club. I mean, that would be like the Rabbitohs and the Roosters coming together. I mean, so do you think there is more substance to this unmerging thing? Oh, no, I find it hard to see how. It would happen. You could go down that road now, Kenty. I don't think like, so, no. Yeah. I, I Look, I don't think you can unmerge and that. What? Look, go back to two teams. Well, I, I just assumed it'd be like the Manly North thing, where one team survives, but one dies. Yeah. yeah, this is it. And I don't think that either of them at the moment. It's a fifty-fifty partnership. I can't see that the St George Dragons certainly wouldn't want to die, and neither would the Illawarra Steelers. So, I, I don't see how it can. I don't see how like mm. it can be unmerged. Mm. Well, well, it's just another one of these. Um, Things around. Uh, How emerged. many people have voted in the petition on your poll? Uh, at the poll, at the moment, no, it, no, the petition, not uh, not the Eddie Jones thing. Oh, but this the actual petition thing. that no, you're this, referencing. This is uh, this is nothing. Are we talking to, about thousands? Are I we don't know, about, right. um, hoops. I, I just think, it, as I said to you, I don't think there's any substance to it. But yeah. the story is here. I yeah. believe is that things are that grim. They're going down that road. There are Dragons uh, members and supporters who I know from a St. George perspective are pushing that narrative. Mm. They believe, you know, that that would be the in the best interest of the club. But I just can't see. I, I reckon there's clearly a couple of things not right with St. George Illawarra at the moment, but I don't think it's an impossible fix. I actually think the roster's decent and you could probably turn things around pretty quickly um, if you just shook the joint up a bit. 
All right, 1,240 people have signed that petition, by the way. So we've crossed off that. Now, the other thing was, of course, Paul, earlier in the week we were told that Mary McGregor was given four weeks to uh, get things back on track from the St George Illawarra board. Yeah, it's uh, it's an unusual one. They had a board meeting put out that uh, uh, they re-endorsed him as their coach, put out that he had uh, their support, and then it quietly leaked out that he'd been given four weeks to, to turn things around. I'm always wary when clubs put stipulations on players, uh, sorry, coaches, uh, and put timeframes around improvement that they need to see because – Inevitably, it ends bad. It generally ends up in the coach coaching for that period. And what I mean by that is uh, they'll often, in the past, I've seen coaches often sacrifice long-term success for mm. that short-term success to save their job. And it's come to some, uh, you know, the, there's been consequences of that. And and this is a similar instance. But by putting this to Paul McGregor now, he puts it all into the next four weeks. I don't think Paul McGregor can physically work any harder than what mm. he's actually doing. Uh, I just think that they're a club that um, if they don't get their self sorted soon, I don't think the coaches changing the coach is going to really solve the problem. It's a player-led problem, the way I see it. and he doesn't have a say over his players. Doesn't somebody else manage? He the doesn't. Roster? He doesn't run. He doesn't. He's on charge of recruitment and retention. That's Ian Millwood who does that. But he's involved in the process. He is involved. Like when they're signing big name players, when they go and sign Ben Hunt, and when they go and sign Corey Norman, of course, yep. if you're the head coach, you're consulted. He's not left out of it. It's not just the scenario of here's your roster. I sign the players. You have to manage the roster. He gets a voice at so the table. The, the way it works, Gordon, in theory, the way it is working is, is Paul McGregor has a uh, this year and next year, and he's coaching for su- success this year and next year. Yep. The head of recruitment, Ian Millwood, his task is to ensure the longer-term success of the club. So he's got to start putting plans in place for four, five, six years down the track. And he's got to start planning that way as far as bringing players in. Now, what that means is occasionally uh, Millwood might say, well, we need to probably move this bloke on now and get him out of our get him out of our cap, clear up some money because we need that. Now, where that runs counter to Paul McGregor, Paul McGregor might say, well, no, I need him this year or next year. All coaches want as much talent as they can have right now. But Millwood will make a call in some instances for the long-term viability of the club. Uh, and he'll do that uh, as far as the roster. And, and it doesn't always marry up with what the coach thinks, but it's not an uncommon system. Everybody here, it's unusual here in Australia, but in America, for example, in baseball, the, the, the manager of the baseball team rarely runs the roster. He, he'll get told by his general manager, uh, you've just lost this pitcher, we've traded him to the Yankees or, hmm. or whatever. And it happens again in the NFL. I think in the NFL only two coaches actually have control of the roster. One's Bill Belichick. Uh, the others all have a general manager who runs the roster. So it's not unusual for that to happen. It caused some angst here in the NRL because we still haven't quite figured it out, I don't believe, how to do it properly. But that's the way we work. And But if you look at the Canberra Raiders, just specifically on the NRL, they've got Peter Mulholland, yes. who's the head of recruitment. You look at the Roosters, they've got Daniel Anderson and they've also got Nick Politis and yep. Trent Robinson. It's a collective yeah. effort. The best clubs, the Melbourne Storm, Frank Panisi, yeah. does a does a roster with the help of Paul Bunn. Paul Bunn, yeah. So I reckon there's an argument that that system of having somebody 
a different voice aside from the head coach, who is the head of recruitment, mm. there's an argument that's the best play. That's the smart system. Yeah, I agree. It's just that this is getting a lot of traction at the moment. Uh I just, I, I don't know. I just don't, I don't know what the Dragons, are, what they're looking for. The more, yeah, my issue with the Dragons is the players keep coming out saying, oh, it's, it's us. Well, if it's you guys, fix it. Hmm. Well, speaking of that and the players, the big narrative that started to get pushed over the course of the last week is that some members of the playing group have got a belief about the style of football that the Dragons should play, and that differs to the game plans that Mary McGregor yeah. wants them to execute but and that's, is implementing them to follow. Yeah. That's just, yeah. to me, that's just a cop out. Well, it's a difficult one to solve because the coach has got a philosophy and he wants, he obviously wants the team to play a certain way. And you would hope he recruits players who play that way. Uh, but it's also incumbent now on, on the players to, if the coach is asking them to play a certain way, they've got to adapt to him. They've got to say, okay, well, you're the boss. You, I'll, I'll do what you ask me to do. And if a player says it doesn't suit his style, that's clearly an issue that has to be resolved. Boys, do you, sorry, Gordy, go for your life. getting enough bruises. At the end of the day, they don't go through the middle of the ruck. They don't lay a platform. They try to be a little bit cute and execute and pass their way around the opposition, and it doesn't always work. You've got to go upstream before you start playing footy. And to me, when I watch the Dragons, they don't, earn the right to play the footy that they're trying to play. You play it after you've beaten the side up for a little bit. You know, like those trick shots work. Manly tried a couple on Friday night or Thursday night against Brisbane and they worked at Cherry But most of the time, you got to go upstream to get it. And they're not doing it enough. And if I look at Ben Hunt, it's like, um, what's that What's that movie, Space Jam, when they come in and take out all the mojos? <laughs> like, <laughs> no, mate, well, it is because, mate, because he's not oh, playing man. with any confidence. You know what I mean? Like, this is the guy oh. that that I think... How do they get the it back in Space right Jam? Would, sorry? How, how do they get, do they get, get the mojo back? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Boys, but can, can I... No, uh, no, but, but, mate, well... How you get your how do you get your confidence and your form back is by doing the things that my team needs me to do and it's getting your defence right. So for Ben Hunt, he's got to get his defence right. He's got to start running the football. That's when you see Ben Hunt at at his absolute best is when he's there and he's a robust little runner and he catches and he throws a dummy. He takes off really hard and he's going to get some bruises when he does it. That's what you need your players to want to do. And Corey Norman, you know, mate, he was playing Origin last year. They're talking, well, so did Ben Hunt. They're talking Tell Ben me. Hunt will start from the bench today, Gordy. They're going to put Corey Norman in at 5-8. Dufty will start at fullback, and Hunt goes back oh, to the bench. I think that's a smart move. I, I think that's exactly what Paul McGregor, this is what, what he's been forced into now because he's given Ben Hunt every opportunity to go out and justify wants to play, why he should be playing seven. Ben Hunt wants to play seven. He, he was unhappy, if you remember, when he was at the Broncos and they continued to play him out of dummy, dummy half. half. Yep. But the fact is, he's more effective at the club, at the, at the, for his team out of dummy half. He, he just doesn't run the team like he needs to at halfback. And he it's, he's carrying a weight, like you said, Gordon, and he's just you can see it in him. He just needs to be freed up a bit. And putting things on Paul McGregor, like stipulations, you've got a month to turn around, that's what today gets. He, he's going straight to the the last card. Mm. Can I ask you, blokes, in all your time around rugby league, have you ever seen a coach be th- 
threatened or challenged with four weeks to turn it around. Yes. He's turned it around and saved his career and gone on with a great career. Uh, I don't know if any – no, I don't know if anyone's ever turned Wayne it around. Bennett. I thought Wayne perhaps – there was a poll. When, when, uh, there was a poll in Brisbane. I wasn't – I was playing at the Dragons, but there was a poll run by Channel 10 that they were sacking. So that's where you got the idea, Maroon. <laughs> I'm a poll. poll, but <laughs> it was on Channel 10 and 9 yep. and that's news. Wayne Bennett should be sacked. Like they were coming in and then – Paul Morgan, the great Paul Morgan, one of our owners, walked in and Wayne thought he was actually gone. Mm. And he yeah. said, you've got a lifetime deal. And, and, and I think it was a confidence. So there are, but probably not as public as Mary's. But I'm pretty sure that there's been some frank conversations had with some um, coaches over the time. South players. went through a long period where just about every coach they had it mm. at some point in his tenure was, was given, given four weeks mm. or 12 weeks or some, in some instances. Yep. Yeah. I remember Tugger got it when he was there. Langmack. Even South even are the Marty only club Katunas, to uh, Frank fire Cook. Jack Gibson. Frank Cookson. Cook. South are the only uh, team to fire Jack Gibson, Paul. I think that's correct. I was only a kid, but I'm I'm and, pretty sure. Well, that's 78. 78, yeah, yeah. 78. Um, boys, all right. Well, look, there's that. that's just a, a whole can of worms which we could spend a heck of a lot of time on, but that's where we are now. We've discussed the, the only thing we, we really want to discuss before we move away from this hoops was yesterday – at, but I was at Bankwest Stadium for the game, and just the talk, the talk around Bennett and this rumour that he is heading back to the Dragons, this is really starting to gain some momentum. Yeah, and often when you start to see big stories like this continue to just simmer and simmer mm. and gather momentum, and you know, there's another article in the paper, and then there's another yarn in a different paper, and uh, when the noise won't go away, generally where there's smoke, there's fire. So, look, I've asked Wayne and he said no, that he hasn't had any communication with the Dragons at this point in time. Uh, but that's not to say that perhaps somebody else acting on his behalf could be in touch with Peter Doust or Craig Young or people who he has had a very strong history with. Do you think Wayne's telling you the truth when he says that? I asked him about a month ago and I reckon then that he was, Gordy. I uh- reckon then that he was. All right. Well, let me ask you He's this. He's not going to disclose it if he was. Mm. <laughs> yeah, no. no. <laughs> Gordy, let me ask you, you you this question. All right. Now we all now Wayne Bennett is is seventy years old. So given guys, given that when he was at the Dragons last time, we've had this discussion here over the years that the Dragon supporters were dirty. The state he left the joint in. Um, do you think Wayne Bennett is the answer for the Dragons? <sighs> Wayne, Wayne, Wayne's Wayne's a effort coach. Wayne's a Wayne's a man manager. It, it all depends what deals he's got with his players to, you know, to take him along with you. But otherwise, um, I'm not a hundred percent sure on that question. I, I I think there is a position for Wayne in the game, but it's got to be the right club. It's got to be um, a club that's close and ready to win. That just needs, you know, his little. His little bit on the end. I don't know whether he can go and rebuild a club. If you look at his history with what he did at the Knights, well, um, but when the Dragons were so close to winning, you know, they were so close to winning grand finals the last time he went there, he could fix it. Um, Maroon, are you happy with what he's doing at South? Do you think he can win a comp there this year or? I I believe that he can, absolutely. Um, You know, I think in a lot of ways the Rabbitohs are rebuilding but I've heard a lot of talk that he wasn't even going to be there at the end of this year. But I hope he is because he's had wonderful success as a coach at many different clubs and I have nothing but respect for him and for the bloke who's taking over. 
But the other thing for the Dragons, the other thing was uh, earlier in the week it was suggested that the Jack DeBellin thing hanging over the playing group was causing all the problems, to which uh, Cameron McInnes responded saying this. Whoever's come out with that, it's it's pretty insulting. And as a playing group, we're, we're pretty pissed off about that because Jack's gone through a, a lot over the last couple of years and all he's done day in, day out is come to training, do whatever's asked of him, do his best to help us prepare week in, week out. So for somebody who, who has absolutely no knowledge of what actually happens in here, other than just making things up or trying to come up with reasons for why we're not playing well to come out with something like that to be honest pretty disgusting and it sort of just shows the lengths people will go to to almost kick a dog when they're down all right well that was uh cam mckinnis from the dragons but um the the thing is too well that came from hadley yeah that was from one of your mentors ray hadley i've got nothing but respect from ray yeah you you love ray Mm. and um but and hadley squared up he did the following day. He the doubled down. Day. So he stood by it. Doubled yep. down. Said it came from within the club. So that's an interesting thing. I, I I do think, as much as Jack DeBellin is going there with the intention to help his teammates, I, I think it's also a reminder to them, to them every day of what they're missing. Their best player, mm. who's fit, fresh, and running opposite them, uh, it's just. I, I think it's a remind. I think at some point they're. Yeah, it's like a you know when a, you you break up with a girlfriend and you don't yeah you, know, you stay in contact. You got to just end it. You know what I mean? You got to yeah, have that yeah. that clean cut off. Yeah. And there's got to be a uh, you know there's got to be a way to uh, I think just get past Jack Deville. I think it's just a reminder that of what they don't have. But the issue too here, I thought hoops was with the Jack Deville thing that it was going to be over before well, yeah. this season started. Well, it was well, supposed, to be, supposed yeah, to be because of the court system and because of the COVID shutdown and all unforeseen He's in circumstances. Court next month. It's later this month. It's June oh, the so tw- June, June, yeah. June 22. June the 22nd, Jack DeBellin will either be cleared and free to play or he'll have to go to trial. And if that's the way that it is, that won't happen until much later on in the year and he'll miss the, an entire another season. Mm. All what right. are you boys hearing um, about his case. Very, yeah. very... Uh, I don't think it's worth even talking about, Gordon. One, you don't want to get in trouble legally. Yeah, gotcha. But two, you hear very... you hear, I hear widely varying accounts. Mm-hmm. So I, to the point, I just don't even bother trying to find out what actually happened or any of that business because it depends on who you talk to, what you hear, and it's... Yeah. Uh, and my experience, too, is... Once you get to court, it's it just takes on a different narrative. Mm. What evidence is admissible? What's not admissible? Uh, yeah, the the the, the uh, testimony of witnesses, all that sort of stuff. That's that can really just change the whole outlook. So there's, there's not a real reason I think we should sit there and discuss the ins and outs of that. All right, boys, um, you're all doing a tremendous job today. Let's take a little bit of a break. We will get to the Seabold Brisbane thing as well because obviously they've got a few dramas. Uh, James Triceps Hooper, Australia's little hero. Paul Kent from NRL 360. And Gordon, the Raging Bull, tell us. It's a dead set state of origin lineup here at Triple M. The Triple M Sunday Sinbi. Thanks to Mitsubishi Triton. Nothing can frighten a Triton. Total Tools, lowest prices on every tool for every trade, guarantee. Total Tools. Triple M footy. Woo! The Triple M 
Sunday Sydney. Thanks to Mitsubishi Triton. Nothing can frighten a Triton. Triple M rocks footy. And welcome back to it. Great to see we're going overseas too. People getting us via the Triple M NRL app all around the world. Anaheim in Los Angeles, I believe, Anaheim. Oh, Disneyland. So we've got some people listening in Anaheim today, also in Philadelphia. They're listening. Uh, and right across Australia over there in Perth, Fremantle. Is this Mandra? Mandra they're listening Mandura. to? Mandura. Mandura, is it? Mm. So wherever you're listening Esperance. today. Is Esperance as well. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you so much wherever you're listening uh, at Triple M underscore NRL if you want to uh, vote on my poll, which is, of course, do you think Eddie Maguire would make – Eddie, Eddie Jones, I beg your pardon, Eddie you dribbler. <laughs> would make a great <laughs> – Give yourself an uppercut. I'm feeding him should after What's that. What's in that mug? Eddie Jones would, would make a good NRL coach. If you do, I don't think he would. I have nothing but respect, but he's not an NRL coach. But uh, you can get a, get me on my poll right now. Hoops, um, Kenty, Gordon Tallis, Maroon, it is time for this – from the makers of The Earth is Flat and I'm only having one beer comes I Call BS. Ah, oh, yeah, this is the segment that's taken the world by storm about 18 months ago. I Call BS, where the boys find something that's on there, just gets their go, just brings them down. They just need to get it off their chest. As I always say, it doesn't have to be footy-related. It often is, but I just throw it open here to the boys now. Who wants to call BS, Paul? Yeah, look, I just want to call BS on the um, the Dragons players. The most fight we've seen out of the Dragons came from Cameron McGuinness this week when he defended Jack DeBellin. Uh, I don't know if the Dragons realise this or not, but their coach's career is right yeah. in the balance mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. And all we hear out of the Dragons is, he's a great coach, it's not his fault, it's our fault. When their performance is down as far as it is on effort and a coach's career is in the balance and they can't find it within themselves as professional players. I don't care whether they're unhappy with the game plan, the coach is trying to teach a style that they don't prefer. Fact is, they're professional football players. They get paid to do this. And as a professional in any industry, if you are paid to do it, you go out and do it the best you can do. So for the Dragons to sit down and and, and throw off what the real reasons are, to sit down and not take accountability for their performance, well... And, and when I say take accountability, they've admitted they are the problem. They're just not performing like they're going to, like they're acknowledging that they're the problem. So I think that at some point the Dragons are going to have to pull their fingers out. And actually, if they do care for Paul McGregor, McGregor like they claim to, go out and play like you do. Yeah, well said, Paul. I call BS uh, James Hooper. Uh, I'll call BS on the elements of the Cronulla Sharks who are pushing for Shane Flanagan uh, to be reinstated as the head coach as early as next season. Look, the reality is, you know, Flano's been pinched a couple of times for uh, different things throughout his tenure. As an NRL head coach, there's a reason um, that he was banned indefinitely. Uh, I think that it's not right that he's allowed back before 2022. And I think that John Morris also needs to be given a little bit of time, um, given the cards that he's been dealt in terms of all the challenges that they've got down there in the Shire to try and get the best results that he can with the roster that he's got. And he got him into the finals last year. And at the moment, I just feel as though he's got a lot of outside distractions trying to unsettle his tenure as the head coach. I'll also call BS Anthony uh, on the inept and weak St. George Illawarra board who called an emergency board meeting last Monday and everybody thought, all right, oh, here we go. Okay, Mary's gone. 
And then they come out and say, oh, no, he's got our full support. Meanwhile, in the background, they're telling everybody, oh, no, well, he's only got our full support for the next yeah. four weeks. Mm, mm. And if he doesn't yeah. win games, then we're going to get rid of him then. What rubbish. Beautiful stuff here. You blokes, too. I call That's BS wrong. Gordon. Would you like to call BS on anything or jump in and back your um, mates up here? No, I might call BS um, when you were supposed to be staying at home in COVID. Yes. My park across the road was full with about 300 people. Now you're allowed to go to parks. There's no one there. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> now, now that you're allowed to walk and go exercise uh, and go play with your kids, <laughs> no one's doing it. Oh, and when you weren't gold. allowed to, everybody was doing it. Mm. That's my BS. Good on you, mate. Yeah, and we're looking forward to getting those uh, Queensland borders open as well. I haven't yeah. seen my grandkids. Do you have one, Anthony? Oh, I don't have one this week because you guys are just feeling the love among you three, and I never oh, wow. feel love from all three of them. It's a big old love sandwich in here today, and uh, I think this is absolutely fantastic. It's a big old love sandwich, and I'm the filling, and I just say, get these borders open so I can see my grandkids in Brisbane. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. You have got more problems than I thought. Well, mate, I must have more problems because I... What, a big I old try love and, sandwich and you're the filling. <laughs> I try wow. and support you and Paul... Kent, wow! On the on NRL three hundred and sixty the other night, you jumped into my mate Reedy. I mean, I thought feeding him. Don't jump into me. It's okay. I can cough it. I'm tough, as you know. I'm street tough. But poor old Reedy, he's just a little bloody ice cream cone. And you've jumped all over the poor bloke, mate. He's from Goodner in Queensland. He's yeah. all right, mate. I mean, he can defend himself, mate. Well, not when you you two out him, the poor oh, bloke. Please. Poor little Reedy. Well, he shouldn't oh, say silly things, though. Mate, yeah. I just said, mate, Reedy come oh, in and ask me to go back to the Broncos. That, Reedy's not the boss of the Broncos. How can he ask me to go well, back you're to the Broncos? Well, you're going to jump on Reedy yeah, now. Yeah, I call BS on Reedy. Oh, okay. <laughs> Reedy, if you're listening, no, a good please call us. He owes me a bottle of rosé from uh, Vegas. <laughs> a bottle of rosé? <laughs> yeah. I mean, what yeah. are you doing? Bro, you're drinking rosé now. Some of us have culture. Mm. Maroon. All right. Well, mate, We don't just sit there and drink a tally. Yeah, like a long neck all the time. <laughs> or a cast put it between your legs and drive up the highway. Let's go and get a $7 mate, cast from Aldi. Horn, <laughs> mate, with the old uh, blue Jackie Howe on with the muscles out the window. Like <laughs> <you>. <laughs> hey, mate, how are you getting on your road trips with Kevy? Uh, do you know it's going that good? And I've had to go to counselling this week because Kevy actually flew. He flew to Sydney via Perth just so he didn't have to sit in the car with me. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> no, no, Kevy worked uh, Thursday, Friday um, and Saturday. So uh, so it was going to be a, t- um, a totally different car trip this this week and I had to be in Sydney on Wednesday. So we, uh, so we went separately and I think um, we're flying from now on, hopefully. Gordy, what's, what's the weirdest conversation you've had sitting next to Kevy for – Ten hours in a car. Did they ever just sort of drift down an avenue? I imagine you would. Oh, quite yeah, often. no. Look, well, obviously I'm weird um, at the best of times. But I was talking about animals because obviously there was a lot of so like we went through the bushfires and there was a couple of kangaroos on the side of the road, and I just tossed up. I reckon kangaroos would survive in Africa, and I reckon for the next hundred kilometres we're talking about. And I thought, well, the agility of a kangaroo because. You know, well, like they breed well, so, and there's pests in some parts of Australia. They're not a pest where I live, but, you know, like they're pests um, pest to some farmers. And I reckon that if you threw them in the middle of Africa, you know, there's some animals that are faster than them, but I don't know whether they can have the same agility as a kangaroo and they're pretty alert little buggers. Mm. There you go. You're talking about Eastern Greys or, or <laughs> oh, the Reds? Oh, just the big red, yeah. The big red, oh, well, yeah. yeah, well, whatever. 
Yeah. And they've got that pouch too. They can always keep a weapon yeah. in there. <laughs> they? It's like your bum bag. Your skin <laughs> Speaking of which, Apparently I... kangaroos eat their white body weight and food every day. Do they really? That's why what? farmers hate them, yeah. Ah. They just get through the grain. Wow. Mm. When you feed cows and that. I know around yeah, a lot of the cow places, farms. Cow places. <laughs> a lot of farms. Yeah. The farm, particularly during the drought where farmers had to feed the... Mm. Feed the ca- uh, feed the cows. Uh, the, they were the real problem. The kangaroos. Mm. Well, it's That's funny. something you can talk about, Gordon. How are you going to eradicate that problem? Mm. I was mm. I was only watching Skippy the other day, which uh, the one where um, where the guy with, with where the guy in the chopper Jerry had to drop the <laughs> rope down for Skippy <laughs> to hook it up to the boat. I tell you what, they are very hook up the boat. Yeah, very <laughs> clever. Skippy's are very clever. They're clever. <laughs> Matt Hammond, Sonny. Mm. Mate, you know what I watched the other day, speaking of kangaroos, which is an Australian classic, Crocodile Dundee. Oh, I watched love it with it. my kids. Yeah. And oh, they just thought it was the best flick yeah. ever. It yeah. is. It is with Linda Kozlowski. Yes. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. That's yep. when they fell in love, didn't they? Yeah, it they is. did. Yeah. 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 Down at the Billabong. I don't think they took a water bottle. That's right. And the croc grabbed the water bottle. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, we're probably getting off topic here. Let's you take think, a break. You think, yeah. you think? Take a break. See, that's what happens when you drive with me. Just sit in the car. Guys. I know. And I think <laughs> kangaroos do it like a, <laughs> we should do an hour with Gordon one day. Yeah. And you can just Gordon, you just can just off like, yeah, you, you just drift, just drift wherever your Riffing wine with goes. Gordon. Yeah, yeah, like like if you walked a hundred meters in rain, yeah, or you ran mm. with your shirt, and they weighed your shirt. How much water would be in your shirt? Do you know what I mean? Would you get wetter if you walked or yeah, if you run? No, because if you're running, you just carry, you're just running into more water. Well, I've thought about that myself. I've thought about yeah. that myself. Well, you come up with the fly in the car, and then Paul can't squash that. <laughs> yeah. So here's the next that one. That was award-winning radio. The fly in the car yeah. was award-winning radio. But if you were going, what, 70, and you hit the brakes as the fly hit the windscreen? Now, what we'll do, next time it's pouring down rain, we'll get mm. you Hoops. Hoops has got the greatest collection of hoodies from not the 1980s that you've ever seen in your life. Get you to put one of your hoodies on. and Go for a run. Go for a run. Come back, get another one. Go for a walk. And see, it would all depend on how much time you're in the rain. Yeah, the only reason you have less if you ran is because mm. you'd be you get there quicker. Mm. But if you both were 15 minutes in the same rain, yeah, you, you're not going to be. And one's not going to be wetter than the other. So there's there's okay. your answer. That's right? why he's on the big buck. See, yeah. we could get that Doctor Carl in here to sort this out. Well, no, you don't need to. Doctor Carl that's, or that's Dr. Phil? I think he's Doctor. <laughs> I think he's Doctor Carl. <laughs> uh, look, boys, this is riveting. It really is. But uh, we're going to take a break and we're going to come back and talk about the Broncos. Anthony Seabold, we're going to talk about all Lay up on the hoist again. Poor eye. <laughs> Go on the hoist. Oh, man. Um, oh, boys, leave my Broncos alone. Luke Thompson signing with the Doggies and um, some other little bits and pieces that are going on in the great big world of rugby league as Triple M rocks the footy. Woo! The Triple M Sunday Sydney. Thanks to Mitsubishi Triton. Nothing can frighten a Triton. Triple M rocks footy. Welcome back. Right across Australia, this is Triple M NRL, the Sinbin, and the Sunday Sinbin. and it's all thanks to our mates at Mitsubishi because you can't frighten a Triton. Over 40 years, the Triton has helped Australians get the job done. Engineered to deliver power. Just before we go on, a quick birthday. Ella Harrison is having her 18th birthday today. So happy birthday, Ella. And that's from your lovely family. Of course, your dad, a local alderman in the Coogee Ramwick area, the famous Hector Harrison. Boys, let's talk about the Broncos now. So it's it's been an awful since 
we've got back after COVID. It's been an awful start to the season. We spoke about those games where they were flogged. Then last week, Gordy, they were just beaten by uh, Manly, but they were up 18-0. So my question to you is, do they take something out of the fact that they were up 18-0 or are they more devastated that they were up 18-0 and they got beaten 20-18? Oh, no, the, the I thought it was a better effort from the Broncos. I thought, you know, to be up against Manly, who is one of those sides that, you know, some of the great judges have them in the top eight. Um, and to go there and play the way they did after having a couple of performances, I thought it was a good performance from Brisbane. But um, I suppose, if anything, they're probably not as confident, but their attitude was fantastic. As I spoke about before, Matt from Collaroy, that – you know, the closing the closing down of a game, that's something that Milford and Brody Croft have to get better at. Mm. It's as simple as that. But if I was coaching the Broncos, I'd be super happy with their effort. Um, but you'd be disappointed with, you know, being up by 18. So, But that's just rugby league. But from where they were a couple of weeks ago to where they are now, um, they certainly took some steps forward, Maroon. Do you think, though, like uh – to be up, how would they be feeling? So they'd take something out of that psychologically. You're up 18-0, but you lose 20 points to 18. Nah, I think they'll take more positives out of it right. than negatives, Anthony. I think the fact that they were so poor in the two games after the season resumed, the first two games, that this result, that, that you can take something out of it. They they started well. They started with enthusiasm. They put they put themselves in the contest, and they did lose. They led, they led mainly 18-0. Mm. Let's remember that. I think, yeah. Of course, they, they did lose at the end, um, but I just, for where they're at and their state of mind, I think there's a lot of positives for the Broncos out of that. Now, this was an interesting one, Paul. Uh, we hear on the on the Saturday scrum yesterday here at Triple M, we hear that this is where we first heard Dobbo, Ben Dobbin told everybody that Isaac Luke is on his way to the Broncos. This is interesting for a couple of reasons. He's only been at the Dragons for 10 minutes. Yeah. But the Broncos let Andrew McCulloch go and then bring in Isaac Luke. Well, they let him go because they didn't anticipate Jake Turpin going down. And so when Jake Turpin went down, they didn't have a dummy half. So they're stuck with that one. So they had to go back in the market and, and Isaac Luke was available. So I don't – I'm not too critical – well, I'm not critical at all of the Broncos for doing that because – at the time, they, they anticipated the Turpin would play the rest of the season uh, out of dummy half, but they clearly need someone there regularly now with Turpin injured. But I think there has been a few questionable uh, recruiting um, decisions around the club. I think they're so top-heavy in, in all these young forwards uh, that, yeah, to Gordon's point, uh, neither of their halves, Brodie Croft was, was brought to the club as a game-managing halfback and uh, didn't do a good job of managing an 18 nil lead. Mm. Uh, so uh, they, the Broncos got away, but he, he wasn't able to steer the ship home. So that that's an issue for the club. And and I'm I'm over Anthony people trying to say Anthony Milford to you know uh, talking about him like he's a still a young kid. He's mm. he's in his mid twenties. And if you think of all the great halfbacks, which well, five eights, whatever you want to uh, list it. By the time they were his age, they were doing the yeah, great things. Yeah. So Milford is so far, he, he's still an unrealised talent. And I think it's now at the stage where you actually wonder whether he's ever going to fulfil what we thought we were, would see at, at 2021. Hmm. Because he's he's not he's not developing his game any. He's, I, I, he makes the odd good run. He, does, he has some really nice touches in a game. 
There's flashes of brilliance, uh, there's, but there's there no is, consistency. But there's no, there's not consistency from week to week. There's not consistency from minute to minute mm. in a game. And you, I, I would, I would defy anybody to say, pull out a game and where he just owns the result. We probably got to go all the way back to when the he Raiders was at the days. Canberra Raiders, hundred percent. Yeah, mm. and they were talking about him being a, a million dollar player, and he was only twenty one years of age at the time. Then mm. he was doing special things where he was winning games on his own. I yeah. don't know if it was through game management or more just immense talent that he could. Well, back then it was his talent, and, and we all saw that. But he was that was what seven eight years ago, a long time yeah, ago. Yeah. Well, it's before Ricky Stewart yeah. was there. Yep. Absolutely. So that's a long time we've been waiting for him to to deliver. Now, I think that's – see, for me, the the trick to the Broncos where Seabold really needs to improve the team is in the halves. Brodie Croft was brought there for a purpose. Last night we didn't see that. So that's where they've got to start getting better in their execution and start bringing – Bringing their impact on the game. Brody Croft should have just, at 18 nil should have just been kicking the corners and just continued to just roll over and play percentage football, uh, but they lost their way. Yeah, this is his sixth season, by the way, Milford at the Broncos. <laughs> the issue that they've got, to Kenty's point, about recruitment, retention and in the halves is they bought Brody Croft over the top of this young gun, Tom Dearden, who Gordon will know all about because he's only 19 years of age, but this... Young bloke has been spoken about for many years now as being a long-term Broncos organising number seven, and he's going to get there, right? But because they've gone out and bought Croft over the top of him, and Croft's not that much older than Dearden as it is, there's an argument he's not even a better player than him. Mm. But that well, means... Well, in the paper up here today that Dearden's going to go to the open market because the... I thought that there was... Maybe he got promised that he was going to be the number seven, and that and he did. I think the there were term. promises made to his family. Well, Seabold said that. Right. Seabold said oh, okay, that so last signed, year. Yeah. Seabold actually said that last year when he released Nick Arima. He said Tom Dearden's our long-term halfback. Yep. And then, and then he had an injury. In fairness, he, he had an yeah, ankle just an injury. Dearden. Yeah. Yes. Of yeah. course he yeah, did. Yeah, but, 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 yeah, what, but what he's done in the meantime is he's gone and signed Brady Croft. Yeah. That that's the issue. It's not the. Yeah, he, he hasn't got the halfback spot right now like because of the injury or any of that. The fact is they went out and actually bought it after getting rid of a halfback to say this is our halfback. They then went and bought another one. Which yeah. is a similar situation with the McCulloch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I just I was saying, you know, I don't think McCulloch's too big a problem because they didn't anticipate Turpin going yeah. down. Mm. But it, it, it's, you, you scratch your head sometimes mm. what they're doing up there. Well, what yeah, about they – mate, well, they got to throw Dearden in. At five eight, and play a Luke Keery type of role. If this kid's good, and there's Brody Croft, they're not going to lose anything, right? And we keep on talking about and then Darren Lockyer writes in a column, you know, don't bag the halves, you know, like that they're still learning. Well, they're not learning, you know. What I mean, because we can talk about the same mistakes that they make, so they've got to make some changes. And I really like the way Dearden played last year. And talking to some of the great judges that are at the club, they thought that he was going to be a long-term and he's a superstar, and then they bought another halfback. So what do they do? One of them, one of them has to play well, reserve he's... grade, or they put them in there together. Or whether yeah. you put them, Dearden and, and Croft at six and seven and move yes. Milford to fullback, mm. that's a possibility. But it's a, look, Broncos are just spoiled for talent. They, they've got so much talent at the club, and, and part of that, I think, the problem is, is they're trying to keep all that talent uh, without prioritising what they need to do. 
So you, you, they want Dearden. They've, you know, they had Sam Walker in the system. He he got out of there because he clearly saw a bit of a log jam there of halfbacks. There you've got all these forwards, young good forwards, but they can't all play. But they take up so much of the salary mm. cap mm. that then doesn't leave money for other places in the salary cap that that need to be fixed. That's. That's where I, I struggle well, to yeah. understand what they're trying to do, Broncos, other than say we want them all and we're just going to put them all in there as best we can. But there's no plan. You look at look at what Parramatta have done, how they've built their roster mm-hmm. and how Brad Arthur has been so selective in the players that he's got in. So he's got the right – Roosters are the same, right mix of age – Experience shapes and layers, sizes, shape size. You got you got a yeah. You got your little nuggety forwards. You got your tall, lanky forward. You got all these different shapes and sizes. You got different assets in your back line. You've got and and it's and they're all blokes who are coming in on different, obviously different pay grades, but they're doing, they're getting their money's worth out of them. The Broncos have just got a lot of like a lot of firepower. Yeah, but uh, to Gordon's point, there's no one steering it. Mm. Yeah, and, and yeah, mate, it's a Ferrari with no steering wheel. Yeah. But they, they, you know, like, but like, even with their winger, like that Xavier coach, how brilliant was he in the air? Mm. Yeah. But they still keep Corey Oates. You know what I mean? And they've got Farmworth and they've got Stags. So they've got all this unbelievable young talent. Well, you're either going to hold them and they're going to sit underneath Corey Oates or you let Corey Oates go and it frees up money to a point they've moved him to a back row. They played him back row. And I don't know whether he's got the engine for it. You know what I mean? He would have had have done a full preseason in there, especially the way the game's going now, the way your halves are going to get at you, the fullback. Like Tedesco and Kiri, they'll have a field day with Corey Oates defending there because may they have a field day with someone that's played 200 games there, yeah. you know, and had seen the shapes before. So, um, but... That's all the technical side, but Brisbane, they should be happy. Their defence was poor last week. This week, I know they might only miss 15 tackles or something. So their attitude was a lot better, so you can't bag them. Boys, the only thing we didn't touch on with the Broncos was the the fact that they've signed Ben Teo. And Ben Teo, who we know what a champion he is, Gordy, but he hasn't played in the NRL since, I think, the 2014 because, grand final. But that's because they left Josh... Josh Maguire go, and if you listen to what Seabolt said last week, he said when the blowtorch got put on our kids, you know, we folded. So Tio has been in that situation, Anthony, where we're like he's gone to the deep end and he just knows to keep it back on track and mm. he will lead these guys. How many minutes he can play out there with them is the big challenge for Ben Tio, being out of our game for six years and coming back into the NRL where <clears> – <throat> It's changed. It's fast. It's a. It looks like it's a young man's game, but I would never back against Tia because of the experience and how good he is as a player. But I think that's what he's there for. He's there to be a father figure because they made a mistake letting someone like Josh Maguire go. Yeah, and that's the Broncos have done a little bit of that. Made mistakes, mm. let someone go, and then realise what they've lost afterwards. But they see they let Maguire left when when Bennett was there, but it was with Seabold's approval. Mm. So. The, the I don't think go. Wayne, Wayne, if he never wanted to let Maguire. Well, Wayne didn't go. get a say in it. No, but if because if he had Seabold, had a say, he wouldn't let him go. Yeah, because he understood what he was bringing to the team beyond just what the stats said. Mm. That he, he he brought that edge, he brought that that commitment and that that uh, accountability to their performance. And he, he made his teammates accountable. When you've got all these young kids, they they, they sometimes lack the confidence to say to their a bloke next to him who's only played. 25 games himself as well. So, mate, you need to pick up here or you need to 
smarting your game up because you're not going that well. Like the, the older old bulls will do that. They'll, mm-hmm. they'll say to the young guys, "Mate, come on, get your head in the game," and and they get them refocused. That's where the Broncos they, they've just that that's been their cost to recruit all these young kids and keep them all is that they've got no one there who's the old head who can just corral them. All right. Well, we hope they can get it back on track there at the Brisbane Broncos. But it's Hoops. It's Kenny. It's Gordy. Tell us, and Maroon, we're going to take a break and come back and say goodbye to Paul as Triple M rocks the footy. The Triple M Sunday Simbi. Thanks to Mitsubishi Triton. Nothing can frighten a Triton. Triple M rocks footy. Welcome back to it. And, of course, this afternoon at 4 o'clock, we've got the game for you. So far, the scores for this round of footy. Uh, Manly beat the Broncos 20-18. Warriors 37, Cowboys 26. Para 16, Panthers 10. Rabbitohs 32, Titans 12. Storm 26, Knights 12. Raiders 14, Tigers 6. Those are all thanks to our mates at Tyre Power, where right now you'd buy three and you get one free on selected Falcon Tyres. Now, if you haven't heard the news yet, the game that was uh, set down for 4 o'clock this afternoon, Roosters Doggies, has been postponed. COVID-19 precautions has meant that game will go ahead tomorrow night at 7. So that game's been postponed, Roosters Doggies, but the Sharks-Dragons game has been brought forward to 4 o'clock. Paul, before you go, who do you like in that one? Uh, oh, look... The, I, I, which game are you talking about, Sharks? Sharks, Sharks, yeah. No, I, I don't um, – I think the Sharks should get home, shouldn't they? Yeah, I think so. I don't know. I, I'm looking for something out of the Dragons today, Anthony, and at some point I think they're going to bounce back. I think today's the sort of environment – if there was a crowd there, I, I would almost – you'd almost guarantee the Dragons will come out at, in the local derby and, and really give it to their opponents um, – the Sharkies, but I just I don't know I don't know where their heads are at at the moment. I'm concerned about the Dragons. If they don't come out today, though, it's uh, it's lights out already. Mm, yeah. Okay. What about you, Gordy? Oh, I have no idea. Toss a coin. Yeah. Hang on. How can you say a toss a coin? With due respect, the Dragons have been awful. Yeah, but it's the local. Do you know what? Look at mate, look at the way the Tigers played last night. I. I um, I played in these games, and when the Sharks were down, it was always be a really tough game. And when the, you know, yeah. Dragons were on top of the table, the Sharks yep. would come up with a miracle win. I, th- mate, I actually think that there's a massive chance if the Dragons are ever going to get themselves up for a game, it's yeah, it's against agree. the Sharks. That's what I. Yeah, that's what I was trying to say, yeah. Anthony. Okay, Kenny, we'll, well see. Said, Gordon, we'll see you on NRL 360 tomorrow. Yes, you will. Yeah, it's a funny one tomorrow because we've got to change it now. We're still on six thirty. Oh yes, but because the game has now been. Uh, basically, we're going to host, lead at 360 into the game, and then after the, well, half time, we'll still be go back straight back to 360. Right. And then after the game, we'll be back to 360. So, been an interesting night tomorrow night. All right. Well, we'll catch it all on Fox League. We'll catch it there with you and Benny Eichen. We're going to take a break and come back with more as Triple M rocks the footy. The Triple M Sunday Sinbin. Thanks to Mitsubishi Triton. Nothing can frighten a Triton.